And welcome back to Night Cheese. This is Stephen. And I'm Tim. And I'm Jared. And we appreciate you joining with us to close out the conversations on Indiana Jones, at least the ones worth having. Um, <laughs> we will not be covering Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but we are here to kind of wrap up uh, November with um, the, the best of the Indiana Jones films. And we are here now to talk about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989. I do believe. Um, so yeah, Last Crusade. Um, Last Crusade was a great film. There's a lot of um, a lot of kind of returning to what made things work. Mm-hmm. I think at least for Raiders, because even though I mean Temple of Doom was a success, it was a departure and a bit controversial for mm-hmm. some of the darker themes and stuff. This one is um, a lot more lighthearted in areas. Um, goes back to having Nazi villains, mm-hmm. goes back to having sort of Judeo-Christian artifacts um, that are being chased down and stuff. And last but certainly not least, has the addition of Sean Connery yeah. and the cast, which, of course, is uh, the late Sean Connery, this arguably his most iconic role, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would think, at least among current generations. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, James Bond, sorry. yeah, <laughs> But I would say at least among younger generations who were not around mm-hmm. to experience his James Bond as it was happening, mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of people were pro- really into this this role yeah. for, for him that were fans of his. Um, first experiences with Last Crusade or early experiences, any early mm-hmm. memories uh, either you guys have, Jared? Um, I think it took a while for me to ever see this one, uh, for whatever reason. Um, I don't even remember exactly the, the first time that I saw it and I, you know, and I enjoyed the other two, so I'm not sure, um, what took me so long to get around to it, but, um, yeah, it, it took me a while. I don't have a, you know, there again, like I don't have a distinct memory of when I really first saw any of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think overall, um, I, I think I appreciate this one like the most in terms of a movie, you know, like we yeah. talked before about having a special place in my heart for Temple of Doom because it was the first one I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I think maybe, you know, this one, it's kind of that um, the relationship between uh, Sean Connery and, and Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. Uh, yes. in the movie that, that kind of makes this this movie for me and maybe maybe why it's my favorite one if I'm you know removing the nostalgia of Temple of Doom and the affinity mm-hmm. for it being the first one uh, this one would probably be my favorite yeah yeah I'm 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 totally with with Jared in the sense I don't really remember I think I was later to this one than the other two you know Raiders for whatever reason I think we just it was kind of off a lot that we, you know, we saw it pretty frequently um but this one yeah i don't remember when i saw it but um i think that it too it's become yeah kind of a favorite for a lot of the reasons that jared said just i feel like you know i really really love raider really love temple of doom but there's something about when you add sean connery the fa- you know his father you add kind of more of a familial element there's just a lot more heart to this film i feel like than the first mm-hmm. two that really i think kind of takes it over for me that there's a lot not just at stake you know physically immensely but these emotional stakes as well that um i think really just i think make it really a, a wonderful film I, I along with all the other great you know aspects of you know the the action the the humor 
um, which I feel like this is one of the funny. I mean, this I had forgotten until seeing it recently how much humor and how much it all just works so well and still holds up. Um, but yeah, there's just so much to this film. I think that it just kind of perfected that that it didn't do poorly in other films, but I think this one just really kind of um, is above and beyond just a really fantastic film. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, my my fondest memories of this early on were were much like Temple of Doom watching some VHS recording of it but I remember watching this one way more mm. um, over and over again um, I'm curious if maybe I didn't see this in the theater mm. um, because I was looking up and I remember thinking oh, I was just looking you know it came out in May of 1989 I was like man I know just from hearing other critics and and film fans talk like the summer of 89 was a big deal like in terms of you know movies and of course i was let's see how old was i i would have been seven years old at least during the summer and looking back on you know the um uh, thematic uh material of last crusade i could have easily been deemed okay to take to this mm-hmm. um and i'm looking and so before i mean I, I guess we can get into the stats of it and stuff but it was the highest grossing film of 1989 mm. which okay we want to be like well yeah what a great title and stuff <laughs> but compare it to the other films that came out that year and it's even more impressive considering mm. was, the fact that was batman right that was the summer of batman Yes, wow. it came out a month before Batman because I know Batman came out at the end of June, mm. and so the fact that it outdid Batman, yeah. Because yeah. listen, and, and I and and I want our listeners, if we have younger <laughs> listeners, I don't know, for you to understand the hysteria that the 1989 Batman created mm. in movie theaters and toy stores and music stores. I mean, Prince did the soundtrack to it. Oh, I mean, man. Batman was freaking everywhere. Happy Meals, all this stuff. And mm. it beat it by about $60 million, um, which in 1989 would, would was, a, I think, a comfortable pace. Um, mm. And yeah, because I just remember Batman, because I remember thinking about Batman that entire mm. summer. Like, and it was just everything. Back to the Future 2 was that year mm. as well. Um this is, did not make the top 10 list, uh, Jared, but you would be pleased to know Karate Kid 3 was that year, <laughs> the year of Terry Silver and Mike oh, so, Barnes. Oh, so, oh, so people are, are going to try to have some commentary and say that Last Crusade was better than Karate Kid 3. Is that what? <laughs> I don't know. As far as, as, far as number threes one. go, <laughs> sign the contract. Um, so uh, also, you know, in terms of, timeless or what long celebrated movies that came out that same year dead poet society mm. was that year actually was number five that year which is crazy um the little mermaid was that year i mean like listen you know mileage may vary in the little mermaid but there's mm-hmm. no arguing that that was a big deal it was the first of sort of the renaissance of mm-hmm. uh disney animated films uh yeah. ghostbusters 2 um also not as celebrated um just looking at this list and i know this is not really the topic of indiana jones but i can't not say this out loud after having observed it or observed it the little mermaid was outperformed by honey i shrunk the kids 
Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Which, listen, no shade to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. My own kids actually chose to watch that just a few weeks ago nice. um, uh, on Disney+. Plus. So it's it's still, and it still holds up pretty well. It's pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick Moranis is great. Yeah. But the fact that Last Crusade beat Batman just really surprises me. Because, mm, yeah. um, you know, Indiana Jones obviously is, is one of these timeless franchises. Um, as is the Batman franchise, mm-hmm. and it was Batman's sort of re-entry into, you know, you didn't have anything except the 1966 Batman prior to this. Wow. But it being the third Indiana Jones movie in the first, uh, yeah, it's just, it's wild. Um, well, Last Crusade is, um, is more widely accepted uh, compared to Temple of Doom. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score on these, there is a little bit of a difference here, though. The... Um, the critics did not actually they because if you remember the critics for Raiders was like around 95 or 96 and then Temple was like the low 80s mm-hmm. 81 82 well they only had a gave it 88 for um for Last Crusade however there's a bigger discrepancy here among users and critics the user rating is 94 which is really in line with the fan base for Raiders as well, mm-hmm. um, which is appropriate considering some of the similarities that it has to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah um, Last Crusade, oh, man, it's just so good. And also, before I forget, um, in our Temple of Doom discussion, I mm-hmm. did not mention that, I think I did mention that John Williams was nominated for Best Original Score, but didn't win he actually lost to you know a passage to india but they did win best visual effects for that film which was well earned for a lot of the um special effects that they achieved in that film for Mm -hmm. sure um however this time third time's the charm for john williams um uh, last crusade actually does win best original score um for john williams so uh at the academy awards so he um you know, after going back and listening to them all, I'll say this. Last Crusade is my favorite out of the three. And and um, much like Jared, I have a close, Temple Doom is, is, is near and dear in my heart, too. But I think there's so much more. The, the score of Last Crusade, I'd say it's well earned. I, I feel like it's probably a little bit of Scorsese syndrome, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to keep nominating oh. this guy and we're going to have yeah. to give him one. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's almost like giving it to him for the three. It's like, yes. here, you you deserve this. <laughs> it's a return of the king, yeah. really, more than a thing. We're giving you yeah. all the Oscars yeah. for this one, for all the ones that we didn't give yeah. you before. Um, yeah. So it's a, yeah, it is a, uh, it's, it's, it's quite impressive in that way mm-hmm. but the um i'm gonna try to look up the academy awards because i'm curious because you know raiders of the lost ark was um nominated for best picture mm-hmm. that year and of course none of the other indie films were mm-hmm. um so i am curious what was nominated for best picture in 1990 um mm. i can't quite remember um, yeah same here what that one was but um that being said huh Kurosawa got an honorary award that year. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Um, anyway, um, about Last Crusade's score, it just, there are so many great pieces in yeah. that. I think of, yeah. obviously, the the march, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the sort of grail theme 
is, is really yes, haunting yeah. and beautiful. And also I think of the sort of jovial and almost inappropriately jovial theme mm-hmm. of when they're the motorcycle chase and the airplane chase. Yes. Yeah. Like it's really light and a mm-hmm. light beat, but yep. they're trying to kill them. So it, it's, <laughs> it's weird. Um, for what it's worth, about that. Um, these were the best picture nominees for that year. Um, Driving Miss Daisy was what won best picture that year, which went up against Born on the Fourth of July, uh, Dead Poet Society, Field of Dreams, and My Left Foot. So those were all pretty heavy hitter Oscar Oscary films. Um, so, interesting. Huh? so that's interesting. Yeah. For- yeah. I'm trying to make sure this is actually the best. No, 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 no. What? Wait, what? Okay, I might be wrong here. I've got a Wikipedia and IMDb are at odds with one another. Hold on for a second. Um, I've got to jump back in for a sec. There is debate as to... Oh, no. I can't believe it. I got my hopes up and I was wrong. John Williams never won. Uh, they lost to the little mermaid mm. for best original score alan menken stinking alan menken man with this <laughs> with this timeless animated wow music music uh yeah but it was up against uh field of dreams as well mm. born on the fourth of july and uh whoa john williams was nominated twice he also did the score for born on the fourth of july maybe that's why i didn't win that year sometimes they don't like to give it to somebody if they're nominated twice Mm -hmm. cancel each Mm -hmm. other out. but uh (laughs) i was so i was so excited yeah same here um they did win sound effects editing good good for them (laughs) um for that but uh oh and batman actually won art direction good i mean that that was well deserved all right anyway yeah so no 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 soup for for john williams uh i'm afraid um but thankfully his career has recovered yeah um and he's he's been okay uh since then um so anyway what i'd like to start to really kind of dig into with um is uh the opening Mm -hmm. of last crusade which is a sort of prequel prequel of a young Indiana Jones mm-hmm. played by the mm-hmm. late River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, would you guys want to talk about that? Because now I am obsessed with making sure John Williams has won an Oscar for something. <laughs> so um, I'm going to be looking that up. If you guys want to talk about River Phoenix for a second, or at least just that opening sequence, because um, and maybe how that stacks up to you guys mm. versus the Boulder scene versus mm. James Harrison, Bo- Harrison Ford, James Bond and China kind of thing. <laughs> you want to go Tim? Sure. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I'd forgotten about, not forgotten about this, how, how great the, the beginning was, how much I loved it, but I'd forgotten until to watch it again, how initially you don't really know who, what's going on, who this person is. And it's not revealed until later on that that's a young Indiana Jones. And I just, the, the, the kind of, in the past, like, especially with Raiders of the Lost Ark, like a lot of the story it kind of just drops you in and you are introduced to all these characters but there's so little backstory there's just like oh yeah this guy oh we we had a falling out years ago but that's all that's really said and so i i love the idea of it you start to learn more about indiana jones but just through through his past through his history um 
And I do love that reveal. Like when you come upon this character that you kind of, if, you know, you got, you see the, the hat you assume might be Indiana Jones and is someone else. And that's when you learn, you know, this other, the kid is Indiana Jones. I just thought it was such a great beginning set piece to where you kind of learn about the, this character, you learn about Indiana Jones and uh, his upbringing um, and kind of where he, why, you know, kind of where he is now. Um, I, I really, I really, I mean, I feel like every, every film has kind of a great, you know, beginning set piece but this one was just a lot it was just different enough but but just a lot of fun yeah um yeah i I thought it was neat to learn about Mm -hmm. you know kind of what um you know sort of his origin story in a way Mm -hmm. of of, you know how he became sort of the the person that he is um Mm -hmm. kind of what he gravitated to and i'm glad we got that within the story of um, you know, the, the, the movie that kind of focuses on the story between him and his mm-hmm. dad and you kind of see what he um, kind of how he kind of, I guess, rebelled in a way and what he gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. Um, but of, of course, then towards the end, of course, there's not really a, a, a turn in his character or anything. But you, you see, you know, when he was younger, you know, how he's always kind of, I guess, idolized uh, the scoundrel, mm-hmm. uh, in a way and kind of emulated that. And then, um, you know, it was neat to get that story within, mm-hmm. uh, the context of, or get that backstory within the context of him and, and his dad, uh, and sort of, you know, strengthening, uh, that relationship, mending it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have some John Williams news for anybody who's interested. Um, I, I regret to say that he's been nominated approximately, I think I did some fast counting here, approximately 40 times for oh, best geez. original score and only won three. Oof. Oh, I thought you were going to say he hadn't won any. I was going to really. <laughs> yeah. Fifth, well, well, it's not the three that you're going to guess. Mm. I'll say this. Well, I bet you won't get, you definitely won't guess all, all three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Fiddler on the Roof. Huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not. 1972. Um, Jaws. Okay. Of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, four. He's won four. Sorry. Oh, wow. um, Jaws, Star Wars. Okay. The original Star Wars. And um, Schindler's List. Wow. But he was overlooked for Close Encounters, Superman, Empire Strikes Back, all Indiana Jones movies, E.T., a few others, and we'll get back to it, I promise. (laughs) Uh, Born on the Fourth of July, Home Alone, Hook, um, let's see, Nixon, Sleepers, Saving Private Ryan, um, the, The Patriot, Multiple Harry Potter movies, <laughs> uh, Catch Me If You Can, uh, oh, wow. Munich, which that that was actually really good too, mm-hmm. um, Lincoln, uh, and all three of the most recent Star Wars movies. Okay. Hey, a Pretty quick well. a quick uh, jump back to yeah. uh, to the to that opening scene. Did you guys ever watch? Um, this only ran for I guess a season or two. Maybe no three. I guess it got three seasons. The the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I remember it. I had never. Saw um, it. I maybe saw one episode of it. I did not mm. see much of it. Yeah, Sean pa- I, Sean Patrick Flannery was that who it was? Played I think Indy? so. He was. Um, I just know him. Yeah, you're right. It's Sean Patrick Flannery. I I, I'll, uh, I I could only think of him as as the guy who who also played in um, the Dead Zone. 
uh, with mm. with Michael C. Hall. Oh, he yeah. kind of played the sort of the villain in that. But mm. um, yeah, that's who it was. Um, I, and I yeah, I don't remember almost anything about that series, but uh, just that flashback scene reminded me of it. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I dropped out of that real quick. So you know, actually, um, they approached River Phoenix for that role mm. for the TV series. Oh, I um, but he backed out. Um, oh, wow. he, he said he didn't allegedly did not want to return to doing TV. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously his life tragically cut short and a, a real yeah. shame too. Um, because his, his indie was just pitch perfect. And I mean, pitch perfect going back and watching yeah. it now. And it makes a lot more sense when I was going back and reading, apparently he did not study indiana jones so much as he did just follow harrison ford around mm. um uh, and he so he's just doing a harrison ford impersonation which tells <laughs> you a lot about who harrison ford is as a person yeah. <laughs> that if he was just impersonating harrison ford that entire time and got such a good indiana jones out mm. of it that there's gotta be a lot of overlap there yeah. um tim i heard you talking about this for a second and that was one thing i thought was really i don't think cute is the word i want to use yeah. but it was a as a nice little coy play on their own um um oh, what's the word on their own kind of trope mm-hmm. um which is the slow reveal of yeah Jones, mm-hmm. which they're setting you up for that again but when mm-hmm. the guy turns around it's not him that's the first time in the film his friend calls him indy yeah so mm-hmm. you don't actually mm-hmm. know that that kid is indy mm-hmm. yeah or you're not supposed to know yeah that that kid is indy yet mm-hmm. and it's not until you see the man who is credited as fedora yeah, um, love that. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's not until they reveal that that is in mm-hmm. fact not Indiana Jones um, yeah. that they yeah. establish that the kid is. Mm-hmm. And a fun fact too that apparently in the very first draft of the script, the man in the fedora was supposed to be Marion's father, um, mm. Abner Ravenwood. Which um, I always found um, I, I was really charmed by that opening sequence this yeah. time around, mm-hmm. like. He never once felt threatened by Indy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that guy at least. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I'm gonna go get my stuff. Yeah, but he's like, I really like this kid. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I was gonna say one one endearing moment, and it's a small thing, but like um, as Indiana Jones gets you know, young, Indy, you know, gets away from this train the the villain is like smiling like it's yeah. kind of impressed kind of like ah oh, like you know almost like yeah. this endearing like i like this kid I, things like that i just really thought were, yeah. were uh, well done yeah and yeah. even in their argument because yeah. it's like you know when the, when he's got them when they've got him all tied up and he's mm-hmm. looking for this cross you know mm-hmm. crossing for uh coronado mm-hmm. and he was just like that belongs in a museum or he's like or no it belongs to, or he's like that belongs to me and he goes belongs to coronado and he's just like Coronado's dead. And so are all of his grandchildren. Like, like oh, basically, wow. like, I love it. When you go back and look at this exchange, these guys aren't thieves. Mm-hmm. Like, they are, arche- I mean, calling them archaeologists yeah. is probably a bit of a stretch. But at least the, the ringleader <laughs> guy is just like, this doesn't belong to anybody. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like I'm not taking this from anybody. Yeah. Stop being so extra right now. Like, you know, to, and it's, it's, it's just funny how that all happens and you see and you you see he deals it's interesting because there's so much of a father-son theme in this film Mm -hmm. he deals with him almost like a patient parent yeah like Mm -hmm. he's just like 
please like don't shoot him like just get him because like he even <laughs> saves him from the lion yeah you know yeah. um and oh, and all that so you know he's just constantly you know he's not trash talking but he's just trying to talk him down a little bit like mm-hmm. just calm down let's get the thing and and so once again even from an early age indiana jones retrieves something only to have it taken from him yeah. uh, <laughs> the lovable yeah. loser that he is from an early age <laughs> um and i and i really am oh, man the um the theme the relationship with his father obviously mm-hmm. is it's just the big shining thing mm. in this movie you know um yeah and it's it's interesting because you even see him at a young age trying to impress his dad that he got mm. this thing and he's just not in- interested yeah um and obviously that sets him on a resentful path at that point yeah um and uh even a fun little bit like when he is back on the train you know, the, the way they have such subtle ways to explain this big event kind of being so formative mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Indy and his personality, like why he's afraid of snakes. Yeah. Like, and again, another trope, like when mm-hmm. he's in the cave with his friend mm-hmm. and his friend freaks out about it, he just grabs it and goes, it's just a snake. Yeah. Like, you know, just throws it away. Toss like, it. <laughs> yeah. He's not afraid of snakes at all at this point until he takes a bath in them, basically, yeah. uh, which that's enough to get anybody mm-hmm. uh, unless you're joe rogan on fear factor or something yeah. <laughs> um but when he um cracks the whip at the lion mm-hmm. he cuts his uh mm-hmm. chin yeah. which apparently is to explain a very real scar that harrison ford has uh, oh, on his chin um which cool. did, you know that he had into bringing into the movie franchise but um yeah it's such a such a harrison ford delivery too from the from the uh fedora guy when he's mm-hmm. just like you lost today kid but that doesn't mean you have to like it yeah <laughs> you know just again <laughs> just like and it's interesting like that's a real looking back it's kind of a pivotal moment for indy because he wanted the approval of a father figure in his life in that moment for what he did mm-hmm. and even though the guy that he was at odds with took it from him was just like you did good out there mm-hmm. you know in a way you can't have this, but you did, you know, yeah, you did, yeah. You did. and in a way that kind of translates well, yeah. into the man that he becomes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting now that you say that, like the, yeah, the, that the quote unquote villain recognizes the characteristic qualities of Indiana Jones. But later in the film, whenever, you know, Indy does something really awesome in front of Sean, you know, his father. He's so disapproved. Not impressed at all. Not in the slightest. He frowns <laughs> yeah. so much at him. It's like, hmm, you know, like, like I just, it's. I can't it, believe what you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So <laughs> You're right, though. Like, he carries that on and he, oh, man. he's constantly wanting this affirmation mm-hmm. from his father, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then he gets it from someone else and that. Mm-hmm. reinforces his desire to dig deeper into that kind of livelihood mm-hmm. um oh, i yeah. find it um interesting you know i feel uh yeah i've never been a teacher mm-hmm. but um as someone who has been behind on their work before though um they cut back to him being you know in the school and I don't know about you guys, but did anybody else have just like a flirt with a panic attack when like all those yeah. <laughs> all those students are like pressing in on him and like holding their papers up and and then oh, he man. finally gets into his office and 
I think it's funny too, this this sort of juxtaposition of his professor life versus his adventure life, mm-hmm. and just how much he clearly resents being in a, a, a role of teacher, mm-hmm. um, because his his office is like a closet basically <laughs> um this tiny little table mm-hmm. the, you know this never mind but it's a small <laughs> desk um and you know he ends up just escaping out the window um yep it's like he has mountains of like he has work he clearly needs to he yeah. needs to be doing yeah but he just yeah things up he the just, window he just can't it. deal with that mm-hmm. like he can't live that life and so he's <laughs> off to and i don't even know what he was going to be doing because the plot yeah. did not drive him forward to leave the office mm-hmm. he was just leaving because he didn't want to be there yeah so he just happens to get confronted mm-hmm. after he leaves the mm-hmm. office and so i find oh, that yeah. even kind of extra amusing yeah that he was like he you get the idea because um that that prequel the opening scene cuts to him in modern day mm-hmm. where he does finally retrieve the cross coronado mm-hmm. from from the head honcho that had stolen it from him before not the fedora guy but um and so then it cuts back to him arriving at school and kind of presenting the cross to marcus brody who marcus was great in this movie yeah. too as a sidekick mm-hmm. um and <laughs> So you get the feeling that he just got back. And so mm-hmm. obviously with the amount of work that he has to do. Yep. Too. So he's just immediately like, nah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to go find something else to do. Mm-hmm. And just sneak something into So good. Oh, I love it. Um, so, you know, we find out that, um, I'm trying to remember exactly. So it was Donovan, the, this guy you know Mm -hmm. this mysterious figure who has hired him um and begins talking to him about the possibility of the holy grail being you know the cup that um christ used at the last supper being real first Mm -hmm. of all and recoverable and um there being kind of legends behind it like king arthur's legend and stuff about about the power that um it holds for Mm -hmm. people to live eternally and um he is distant from this approach like he's he's taken with sort of the collection and evidence that donovan has Mm -hmm. um but he um he's just like you know you got the wrong jones you know Mm -hmm. that's not my passion it's my dad's passion you should ask him about it and he was just like well your dad was actually our point person and now he's disappeared we don't know what happened and um what's interesting is that um you know the impetus for joan for indy taking on the quest is not really to find the grail is to find Mm -hmm. his father he's not he grows more interested in it as time comes along but he's really more interested in trying to find out where he was Mm -hmm. uh where where his father's gone off to because it's highly unlike him to disappear so obviously he thinks something sinister is at play um blink and you'll miss it in the scenes with donovan and him like in this sort of high i'm assuming as some penthouse apartment or something like that Mm -hmm. um at one point he shows him this like tablet mm-hmm. to um to review and translate and for for indy to look at the tablet he has his back to the door and so donovan's wife or lady friend i don't know mm-hmm. she opens the door and she's like you're neglecting your guest please come out two things one apparently if you listen closely you can hear the imperial march being played on the piano 
uh, like in the dinner party. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, (laughs) it's the movies. What are you going to do? Yeah. But when he's like, you know, I'll be right out. She goes, okay. And then she turns and nods at Indy, who has not turned around at all. Like, he has not acknowledged her existence one bit. And I don't know if that is to, like, you know, play into his obsession with archaeology or Mm -hmm. if he just flat out missed a cue or something or she just... I don't know. Oh, improvise that, but yeah, it's always a fun little moment to see her go and turn around <laughs> and walk away, and then you see that he's never been paying attention. The entire time. Mm. So much fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they go to uh, they go to Venice. This the film really takes probably does the most traversing, I guess, because um, they um, you know start off somewhere in Utah in the very beginning, um, and then they're in somewhere else in america to venice to berlin so mm-hmm. i'm not sure where the castle was supposed wow. to be oh that they, yeah. they said it was the austrian sorry i just remember the line mm. the line yeah. of dialogue the austrian austrian german border mm. <laughs> apparently wherever that's supposed to be <laughs> um all the way to jordan you mm-hmm. know for the uh the climactic uh scenes and stuff so you know, they really go all over europe um, yeah. in this film probably more so than either of the other two films and so mm-hmm. i think it really remedies that thing you know jared was talking about them just kind of sitting in one place in temple mm-hmm. of doom mostly um this one really <laughs> gets its mileage in you see that that montage scene of the map i think multiple yeah. times yeah. where the line is dotting multiple cities and stuff <laughs> so happens mm-hmm. quite a bit yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, so here, you know, the femme fatale, I guess, of the movie is Elsa, who starts off as um, like a research assistant or something mm-hmm. that was working with um, Indy's father, then goes along to work with Indy and Marcus to try to sort of simultaneously try to advance on the Grail research, but at the same mm-hmm. time find out what happened to him. And she is an interesting, she's an interesting character. I mean, she was... Um, she's introduced as this like really beautiful but not stupid Mm -hmm. um and not well i would say appropriately prone to terror Mm -hmm. yeah um Mm -hmm. you know willie from temple of doom would scream when she saw an elephant um (laughs) but you know elsa at least waits until she's starting to get covered in rats yeah um to do that yeah <laughs> um which is you know it's funny to me too like um so they the great great comedic sequence in the mm-hmm. library when <sighs> they um find where they have to break the floor mm-hmm. and there's a joke about x marks the spot and all this stuff yeah but um there's just this little gag with the librarian like mm-hmm. who's stamping these books and every time he stamps it is when indy like cracks the floor <laughs> and it's so juvenile yeah but it's just it's just a pure mm-hmm. wholesome funny joke yeah um for that that always cracks me up um so anyway they get into underneath the ground and um one thing i thought was interesting is that you know the the whole time the search for the grail is really um his father's quest you know mm-hmm. it's been his lifelong quest and everything and so they get down into this tomb and much like in Raiders when there was a pit of snakes everywhere, which was Indy's fear. Mm-hmm. His father is terrified of rats 
And so it's all rats down there. Because you see later on, he tells me, like, he's like, I, he, my dad hates rats. And when he finally gets to meet him, he's like, he's like, oh, did you find the tomb? He's like, yeah. He goes, but you wouldn't have liked it, Dad. There were rats. He's like, a rat. Like, he's even already, like, <laughs> terrified just even when he tells him. So I think it's, a, like, a nice little nod yeah. that that was a mission meant for Henry. But, you know, and, and, and the, the atmosphere of it was attuned to Henry's fear, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though he didn't get to go on it. That was pretty cool. Um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they do a lot in Venice. Um, Mm -hmm. I I feel like they really escalate the action sequences Mm -hmm. too. I think about like the boat chase. I always forget. forget, I Mm -hmm. forget about the boat chase. Same. Same. Every time until I saw it. And and the whole thing uh, of, you know, you again, talking about the bond thing, like that's where it really stands out. Like, when i think of bond i think of you know boat chases and things Mm -hmm. like that so so that's where that really kind of connects in for me too in um last crusade Mm -hmm. yeah and they are met with um talk about a repartee exchange yeah and so there's this guy who it's interesting he he seems like a um you know, a, a shady figure mm-hmm. who's been kind of stalking them since they get into Venice. And these are guys that attack them and chase them on the boat scene. And the leader of them is this guy named Cosm. Mm-hmm. And he has this fight with Indy, which is a phenomenal practical effect action sequence. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't imagine anyone, maybe, maybe Tom Cruise crazy. Yeah. But I don't know anybody nowadays doing something like this where they were in the boat mm-hmm. Um, acting as the propeller was chopping up the back of it. Yeah. Um, which I think, and that's the kind of stuff that makes this film, I think still, you know, hold up so well mm-hmm. because you just can't mm-hmm. fake so much of that. Yeah. But their exchange oh, was so, forgive me how corny I'm going to sound, but it was just so baller. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just so amazing. Cause like there are two stubborn immovable wills mm-hmm. in this fight and Cosm is not really fighting him. He's just getting hit, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but he's not he's not as crazy as the Joker. Yeah, but he's like clearly like you have all this anger and nothing to do with it because I'm not going to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. And um and Indy is is both scared that death is coming for both of them, but he also wants to know where his father's being held. Mm. And so um he says if you don't um. He's like, if you don't tell me, then you're then you're gonna die. You know, what I mean, and the propeller's gonna chop you. Go. So, well, if you don't let me go, we'll both die. Um, and he goes, and then um, and then Indy just doubling down on being stubborn goes, well, then we'll die. And he just look, Cosm looks him right in the eye and just says, my soul's prepared. How's yours? Ooh. And I'm like, I've never gotten to that level of a fight with anybody, but that's like just, just a line you want to keep in your back pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my soul's prepared. How's yours? Ooh um it's just so oh man that one still cuts so mm-hmm. it's so deep and uh that ends up shaking him out of it a little yeah. bit which i think you know that's and that's an important thing for indy's kind of journey in this film is i think he's thinking a little deeper about these things like mm-hmm. he's starting to wrestle a little bit with the belief of things and and also at this point he still realizes he has a father to rescue and stuff mm-hmm. um but they go into um you know he at that point he lets him go and he's like okay well i'll tell you tell you where he is um but there's an interesting warning he gives them and i find it interesting too that elsa is with him Mm -hmm. when he gives it 
Um, he's like, if you're seeking the cup of Christ, ask yourself, is it for his glory or for yours? Mm. Um, you know, he, and basically he, he confesses, to, he introduces himself to them. He is part of this group of men who have committed their lives to the protection of the grail to make sure mm-hmm. people like Nazis, for instance, don't, don't steal it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they aggressively put down anybody who is trying to acquire it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he, he and Indy earn a mutual respect from each other in that fight. And then he, um, but yeah, the, that, that question, that lingering question he asked him, I feel like it's just another breadcrumb for Indy mm-hmm. a little bit and how he grows out of the course of the film, which is really cool. Yeah. But that, that, um, oh man, that boat scene is just bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. thinking about him the going between the two boats and, and then, um, and then all that. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic and then um beyond that they have they he eventually and then eventually we're fully introduced to sean connery mm-hmm. at this film when he finally gets gets to him to rescue him and their their chemistry and not enough i feel like can probably even be said mm-hmm. about their about their chemistry together as a as a duo uh, harrison ford and, and sean connery mm-hmm. they they they're they're bickering it's like a perfect it's yes. perfect father and son yes. dynamic mm-hmm. I, I, it's it is so so well done and connery is hilarious yeah. in this movie. yeah and so go ahead jared <laughs> i was just gonna say I, I i think i i said this on another podcast when um uh, when we brought, when you brought him up, uh, but like I, I wish we had gotten more of this type of role, you know, from mm-hmm. him. Either not necessarily even didn't you know it wouldn't even had to have been in Indiana Jones movies, uh, you know, a sequel or something like that. Yeah. Although I think we can safely say that if he had been part of a fourth movie, it would have been better than yeah. the fourth movie that we got. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So. Agreed. Yeah, they should have done that. But anyway, mm. but just in some sort of role where, um, you know, where we've seen just, you know, some of these different actors, um, you know, Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen or, or whoever, um, it would have been it would have been nice to have gotten more of this, uh, you know, this Connery instead of, you know, even though I loved him as James Bond, uh, mm-hmm. this this is definitely my, my favorite from him. Oh, absolutely. Um a fun fact to um, <clears throat> Tom Stoppard um, was a writer and he was hired and paid $120,000 to rewrite part of the script, mm-hmm. um, specifically the lines for Henry and the Henry Indiana Exchange. Wow. Um, after the movie's released and subsequent success, he was paid another million dollars as a bonus. Nice. Um, in the That's last nice cruise. Yeah. 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 It's quite nice. <laughs> um it was only one four hundred and seventy fourth of the total gross, you know. <laughs> and, but it's change. also a million dollars in you know nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. So, yes, that eighty nine yeah. million dollar money. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's Joker throwing cash at yeah. Gotham City. You know? um, in the Last Crusade in Oral History, an article published in Empire Magazine in two thousand and six. Spielberg said about the junior and senior conversations, it was an emotional story, mm. but I didn't want to get sentimental. Their disconnection from each other was the basis for a lot of comedy, and gave, it gave Tom, who was uncredited, a lot to write. Tom is pretty much responsible for every line of dialogue. So mm. they gave him that, wow. and he I, I'd hate to consider um, 
what the exchanges mm-hmm. were like before he got his hands on them. But they were just so perfect. Like yeah. you talk about like India constantly wanting credit for things that Connery doesn't really respect, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in right. person. And, um, and I'm telling, and Connery's like dry humor was just so yeah. perfect, especially the scenes mm-hmm. in the castle. But yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think this is, yeah, I've, this might have been even the first. I'm trying to remember now, but when he like, you know, breaks the vase or over <laughs> in, in Indy and, and is more concerned and more relieved that the vase was a fake than you know any of the drones being harmed like his son right. being hurt i was like oh thank goodness this is real. like i just thank god small moment things like that i it's just fake yeah <laughs> you can tell from the cross section <laughs> oh man so good. Oh. when they're so they're inevitably um captured by the nazis in the castle that you know india's infiltrated mm-hmm. um you know it's revealed that elsa is secretly a nazi mm-hmm. and but Henry knows right away mm-hmm. um, once they're confronted because yeah. they, they create this ruse where it looks like she's going to be held hostage. And he's like, oh, she's a Nazi. Don't worry. They won't shoot her. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, she's a Nazi. And he's like, so, you know, and, and, and he gets, um, he gives up the diary to them that they're mm-hmm. using to try to find the grail. And eventually <laughs> they're just sitting there as prisoners yeah. looking at each mm-hmm. other. And he goes, how did you know she was a Nazi? And like, just so matter of factly, like not mm-hmm. even considering any of the ramifications of his words. Yeah. Henry's just mm-hmm. like, she talks in her sleep. <laughs> and he just sits there like, oh, that's all. <laughs> and and the whole time, Indy's like, tell me you didn't just say that. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so, so funny. Um, and... Uh, there's a there's another line just a little throwaway line like when um had to do with the diary again too and i'm trying oh no they they found out there were pages missing from the diary Mm -hmm. so india covered his tracks and um he you know they they already elsa already knew that he would have given them to marcus because she had infiltrated (sighs) them and stuff and he was just like no he's like you'll never find it whatever yeah and just the contempt that henry looks at Indy with when he mm-hmm. finds out that they're on to all of his schemes yeah. he says something like i should have mailed it to the marx brothers or whatever <laughs> you know this is this is just so absurd and, um, <laughs> they have the you know they have this escape sequence where they try to get out of the castle after it catches on mm-hmm. fire and stuff and it's just so, oh, man. Real, so good yeah real quick no going back what am i as far as like you know there's so much great comedy in this film um, one one of my favorites. There's a couple that really stand out to me, but one of my favorites is that kind of cut where at first, you know, Indiana Jones, they're like, "Oh, Marcus, we'll we'll find him. He's okay." And he's like, "No, you know, he just has this whole litany of like he's you know he's he I talks, can't remember. he talks about him like yeah. he's so like, like he's James Bond. Yeah, you know? it's like with any you know with any luck, he already has the Grail. And then it cuts and Marcus like, "Does anybody speak English? Hello, <laughs> any, anyone speak English here?" Any, and just a sore, th- you know, just stand out in He'll this crowd. and disappear. Oh, yeah. You'll never see him again. Oh. Yeah. Listen, does anybody know ancient Greek? I no, still I laugh out loud every time that So happens. good. Marcus is so great. <laughs> yeah. They, um, yeah, you know, they, they then, you know, begin. And I, I will say too, like it's, um, <laughs> um, their departure, you know, again, Elsa, this femme fatale that, you know, just, Mm-hmm. tantalizes indy you know the whole movie and stuff 
So she gives him this, you know, big, you know, sensual kiss before mm-hmm. she leaves and says, you know, this is how Austrians say goodbye and or whatever and, and everything. And then the, uh, the general or whatever, the Nazi general comes up to Indy goes, and this is how we say goodbye in Germany. It just punches him in the face. <laughs> Again, just comedic timing is yeah. really um, stuff. But the, uh, beyond this, you know, once they escape, they're chased on motorcycle, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the forest and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the the stunts there are so good. And, you know, yeah. just kind of, you know, it's, it's a little prototypical action scene, you know, taking down one bike at a time mm-hmm. kind of thing and stuff. But every time, like, Indy, uh, Indy's father's just, like, just furrows his brow yeah. and, like, <laughs> can't believe you're killing people, you know. And, like, he doesn't seem to understand what's going on Mm -hmm. like at the time like he uses the like a boat as a decoy before they take off and he's like wait are we not getting in the boat (laughs) it's like no dad he's just like such a he turns into such a teenager yeah yeah. with his uh (laughs) dad yeah that's right (laughs) it is it's so um so amusing uh there was um after uh connery passed away um ford uh put out a statement talking about how much fun it was to uh, go around a, a bouncy, bumpy, twisty mountain trail with him in the sidecar, and him just having to sit there and, and basically Take squirm <laughs> as he, yeah, as as he as Harrison Ford drove. So, oh, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny, and and some of that, uh, some of that may not have been, you know, exactly acting. It was just probably <laughs> genuine, uh, genuine yeah. reactions there. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Oh man. That's so good. They yeah. um, what's interesting is they have this. Um, they start to um, begin to have a little bit of a connection after mm-hmm. they finally get out of there, where they kind of argue about. Um, they argue about the Grail and his dad's obsession with it, but even that, what Indy thought was an obsession, was something a little different um, for Henry. Like you know he he was always looking for a bit more with Mm -hmm. it more than obtaining an artifact. And he was looking for, you know, as he puts it, illumination, you know, like he's Mm -hmm. um, looking for, for a revelation of type Mm -hmm. um, in, in pursuing this. And um, the, I think there's some real tragedy kind of in the dialogue there. That's not really spelled out precisely, but you get the idea that, you know, um, you know, Indy says, you know, I never understood your obsession and like neither did mom. Mm. And you can tell he still, he still mourns that both of them do Mm. for different reasons. And, and I think the implication there was that their mother was terminally ill at some Mm -hmm. point and she didn't tell them Mm. or something. Cause he said, he's like, once I realized all I could do was mourn her um, Mm. and stuff. And so like, even he has his regrets, but he's still wanting to push forward because he recognizes what's at stake in their current situation. And I found out too, I found surprisingly uh, tasteful, maybe isn't really the right word, but surprisingly respectful exchange is that, um, is that, uh, Indy takes the Lord's name in vain and gets smacked in the mouth for it, um, in front of his dad. And he just says, you know, that was for blasphemy. And uh, I promise I won't Sean Connery this whole episode. But, um, you know uh, that was a that that's the kind of thing that would have happened in my house um mm-hmm. growing up but i never expected that to see that 
portrayed in a movie, even about the Holy Grail. Um, and so I, there is a there's this deep reverence that Henry has for the material, and also you can kind of see that in who he is as a person too. And so like it's not, you know, obviously he's not a Nazi, but like you know, finally when he is willing to be kind of human mm-hmm. in front of Indiana. And he's starting to see, like, I have not entirely appropriately judged him correctly. Mm. Um, there's there's more to him than what I thought with his thing. And, um, and their fight, you know, originates, at least in this scene, because he wants to go to Berlin to retrieve mm. the diary, mm-hmm. which is the the hub of all Nazism at this point in the movie. So, you know, they end up doing that. And <laughs> it is uh, actually, you know, I, I don't know how <laughs> the rally was very boisterous. <laughs> I'll say that there were a lot of flags being waved around and, uh, you know, <laughs> it was it was something else. But anyway, a real comedic moment there. Oh, where yeah. They're trying to escape and Indy with journal in hand bumps chest first into hitler um who in his his arrogance and ego thinks that he's asking for an autograph (laughs) and so autographs it and moves along uh just a great and the like that scene like that beat was like just perfectly timed out long Mm -hmm. enough to draw the line between tension and silliness Mm -hmm. there to like oh my gosh like is something actually going to happen and then by that moment you're like that's and the musical cue to come right back in like right after it stops as he starts marching again it was really really well put together (laughs) that scene I enjoyed that a lot Um, oh I forgot to mention that Sala is back in this movie too yeah he's he's also great he and uh, Uh, Marcus Marcus, yeah kind of have not really a side adventure, but they're, you know, they're the other piece of the fellowship headed, yeah. <laughs> toward, um, headed toward the mountain there. Um, mm-hmm. And that they had a really, um, their chemistry also was, was really well uh, together trying to escape Nazi, um, Nazi captors as well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I really just want to kind of jump to the, to close to the end, but I'm trying to think in the, Mm-hmm. Um, progression of the story if there were any other scenes that really jumped out like the tank chase was crazy mm-hmm. as well but really um, I mean and talk about you know like you know now, now with like CGI I don't know how much of that would have actually been done but to see so much maybe you know Indiana Jones literally like hanging off the side of a tank you know get dirt and dust all yeah. over I mean you really feel that that legit fear intention like that something really bad could happen to him and i i love yeah i love that that entire chase that entire scene that sequence that was just oh man it and was that really gripping. was him hanging from the mm-hmm. tank scene too like Ooh. they were just pouring buckets of dirt yeah. on him and stuff as Gosh. the tank was moving along and um and the plane oh well the plane sequence like mm-hmm. again more <laughs> comedy amidst yeah. action between those two um oh gosh and um the just <laughs> Indy's exasperated just yeah. frustration with his dad he's mm-hmm. just like you know we have you know bogeys at 10 o'clock and he's like that's 3 30 you know whatever yeah he's like, no dad 
Just, you know, what? yeah. Yeah. Or is even, <laughs> you might, you're probably going to even go to, okay. but even the, <laughs> again, another one of my favorite scenes is like, you know, uh, Connor, you know, Henry with the, the, the turret or whatever. Oh yeah. The tail shooting gun. his own tail. I'm like, Oh, sorry, son. I can't do it. They got us, you know. Yeah. I, oh, just perfect, just perfect, just so fantastic. Oh, well, even then, um, Indy is not a confident lander of planes <laughs> either, and you know they're both just kind of a couple of misfits, uh, really, yeah. at this point. But there is, you know, sort of the tor- turning point as they're still continuing to be attacked yeah. uh, by people is that um, Indy's father uses mm-hmm. the seagulls to take out that plane, and yeah. you kind of see he says that quote about Charlemagne, which allegedly is not actually a quote Charlemagne said but whatever yeah um (laughs) and when he says that and he walks by you know you can see it in Indy's eyes that like again there's more to my dad than than I thought there was yeah um and then yes that tank scene was was just fantastic um just so so gritty and like Mm -hmm. not but not not like dark you know Mm -hmm. but just so um, such a like a dirty fight you know mm-hmm. like it's so felt so authentic yeah um in so many areas and like a real tug of war even mm-hmm. uh between feeling like you've almost succeeded yeah. and not and trying to like save hostages you know mm-hmm. of marcus and his father and stuff and so trying to get them out of harm's way mm-hmm. um trying to get his father and marcus out of harm's way out of the tank while mm-hmm. he's still fighting the soldiers yeah. and like just the push and pull the back and forth of that, just the tension and that sequence mm-hmm. is, is fantastic. I remember the, you know, final, you know, the use of the whip, to, you know, you know, Henry's along the, oh, the, the, the tank, the, um, the, um uh, wheel, what's the oh conveyor yeah. tracks. Yeah. And like trying to fend off people, but also trying to save us. I mean, just, yeah, it's like, it doesn't let up. It's just, there's, it's always like, trying to accomplish three different things at once it's yeah. really incredible so good um we you know and eventually it does get down to the the finale mm-hmm. um of that and it really you know in making this sort of um approach towards towards the end game here they've been having off and on conversations a particularly lengthy one you know with the in the zeppelin before they uh, try to escape that where um henry and, and the, henry's trying to guide him through what the journal says mm-hmm. the task will be and 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 he just looks at him he's like what does that mean and he goes well i don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> it's just such, so you know there's this great mystery as to what's going to happen and mm-hmm. so the moment you know of course the nazis show up at the same time and and they end up shooting you know mm. indy's dad and just the at that moment too I, that was a really poignant moment because it, it you never think indy's gonna die mm-hmm. in these movies but could a side character you know mm-hmm. die i don't know just just enough suspension of disbelief yeah. to have you worried about that especially like when it comes to and I, i'm not I guess I wasn't either realistic or cynical enough as a younger movie viewer mm-hmm. to think, well, obviously he's going to get it. Yeah. Know, or whatever. But, um, but when he confront, when Donovan confronts and he says, it's time for you to decide what you believe, mm-hmm. like taunting him enough to say, like, I know that you're a skeptic at heart. So there's no mm-hmm. way you're going to survive retrieving that grail. But 
your father's not going to survive unless you do it. Mm-hmm. And that moment of seeing his dad get shot, like it's almost like, you know, the real trigger of separation mm-hmm. for Indy, like the resentment leaves yeah. immediately mm-hmm. in that moment. And Oof. it's, yeah. um, you know, that's really palpable yeah. and it's good, yeah. good work by Ford and Connery in that mm-hmm. moment. But so like he, it's, it's interesting um, I like the way that they shot it mm-hmm. when he goes through the trials yeah. because this is his dad's journey yeah. you know? mm-hmm. and he doesn't get to go on it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just so heartbreaking yeah. that, that they speak through it together mm-hmm. almost as if they had like an earpiece, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the whole time he's coaching him as if he can hear him, but he yeah. can't, you know, and it's interesting. It, it's interesting to see Indy like, unsure of himself mm-hmm. for once like his, yeah. you go all the way back to the beginning of Raiders when he's walking through that cave and mm-hmm. stuff like that was the unflappable guy yeah you know but here he is I don't know if I'm thinking too much into this but it's mm-hmm. almost like like I said this was Henry's journey yeah but it's almost like I want to do I want to do this his way yeah almost you know like since he can't do it mm. and he's not second guessing himself. But he's just making sure like what would a penitent man do? Yeah. You know, like he's sitting here thinking like I have to think outside of myself because mm-hmm. this is not natural to me. Every mm-hmm. single one of those tests was something alien to who Indy was, yeah. um, a humble person, mm-hmm. you know, the, the gag about, but, but even then he knows he, when he almost dies in the second one, mm-hmm. trying to spell out Jehovah, <laughs> you know, he has to come back and be like, wait, that's not how mm-hmm. it goes. And um, I, you know, Harrison Ford is a, for better or worse, whether he likes it or not, is a bit of a typecast actor, you know, mm-hmm. but the type that he is is really good, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, and so when he gets to that third trial and he realizes it's when he just says out loud, it's a leap of faith, like the reaction he gives when nobody else is around mm-hmm. is just so good. Like yeah. it's just that it's that struggle, that moment of I'm going to have to walk out into nothing and it's the only way forward. And there's mm-hmm. no, there's no whip. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no shortcut. Like it is just straight up vulnerability. And I don't know if it's going to work or not, but it's my only choice. Um, which yeah. is essentially what a leap of faith is, I suppose. Um, but I always wondered if like, you know, he, uh, and it's been a while since I, I didn't get a chance to go back and, and watch it again. Uh, so it's been a while since I've seen it. But um, if I'm remembering right, you know, where he, he throws the rocks and yeah. dust, you know, afterwards. I always wondered if it would have worked if he had done that first. That mm. That's a question I wanted to ask you guys, too, because, you know, you know, in retrospect, I've heard a lot of other people be like, oh, yeah, this leap of faith is really this forced perspective kind of thing where it looks like there's nothing there. Mm. But the whole the whole um, tenets of mm. being worthy of the grail is about who you are. And yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Like, I don't I don't think I, I think it took faith to make it appear. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because, I mean, some of the, you know, some of the other stuff like, you know, I mean, we, we've established like within that universe or whatever, it's not. I mean, sometimes maybe it is, but but it's not always just like, oh, there's a 
scientific explanation for this mm, right. that we just don't understand, you know, we didn't understand or you're not looking at it right. Like there, you know, there are like legitimate, um, you know, there's like a legitimate spiritual side of things. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, I've always wondered about that. Like if, you know, if, if he had tried that first, if it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Mm. I think you're, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would have. I mean, because that's, that's not a leap of faith really. You know, right. Um, right. To do that. And so, um, I, I would, I just, in this moment, I would choose to believe it would stay there for him and his return, which is mm -hmm. why he could be followed mm -hmm. into there by the yeah. Nazis or something. Like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, I'm trying to think now the, um, <laughs> the night, you know, yeah. they go in in the night and the, the final crusade night, which is a really, a really interesting scene too. And, um, like, like many, I'm trying to, there, there was a classic actor. They actually wanted to get to play the night, but I think he, he either passed like right before they started shooting or something, but I want to find out who that was. Um, they could have you, also had Sean that like that could have easily been a Sean Connery role if he hadn't uh, already been in this film. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. You have chosen wisely. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and I think the, um, it, you know, it's, it is a little derivative, you know, there are Raiders and drinking of the wrong cup. I, I mean, I like, I do say I like the imagery there of mm -hmm. all of these highly bejeweled yes. and, and, um, and elaborate, uh, pieces of false grails mm -hmm. there. Um, right next to oh, it was uh, Lawrence Olivier. They wanted to have Lawrence Olivier oh, play nice. the Ooh. Grail Knight, but he um, he was too ill um, mm. to commit to the role, and he actually died not long after the film got released. Um, um, but yeah, so that that would have been cool. But yeah. but uh, and I for, forgive me, I can't remember who actually played him, but did a great job. Mm -hmm. um, but um, you know, I loved the the, the array of rich looking Grails, you know to have that one yeah. humble one hidden behind it and everything. And, and I think that was a great, um, for one, it was a, it was a really great closing of the loop of storytelling mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. Donovan, Donovan didn't know what to look for. First right. of all, he just, yeah. he had no clue. And Elsa had an idea but intentionally went to a wrong one to double cross him yeah. uh, again. And then you get the whole, you know, Raiders effect on his mm -hmm. face. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, and then she seems to kind of agree with his Indy's assessment of, you know, looking for the cup of a carpenter or something like that. But, um, you know, the, 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 the night, and I think that's a great, this was the great, sort of, I don't want to say cop out, but the great, um, term of, uh, terms and conditions mm -hmm. of, um, of possessing the grail mm -hmm. is that you don't get to leave. Um, mm. and, and, um, and I never caught, you know, as a kid, I don't know. I just stopped listening, I guess, when the guy was talking, uh, and then when things fall apart, they fall apart at the end. But, mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really interesting thing. You know, there's always a catch to these yeah. artifacts, you know? Mm -hmm. um the stone the stones the ark the grail mm -hmm. they're and all like monkey's paws they really basically. are in a way yeah. yeah 
And so I love that, you know, he brings it back and his, you know, it, it heals, <laughs> it heals his father in yeah. more ways than one, really, mm-hmm. you know, it heals his wound, but in the, in the chaos that happens afterwards kind of completes that loop for Henry too. Mm-hmm. And, um, then, you know, then the breakdown happens that happens like in so many, but this is my favorite one because I feel like there's just so much subtext to what's going mm-hmm. on Yes. Um, with, with Elsa. She never got it, you know? And I mean, Connery has a great line once they're all out of there, you know, but, you know, she thought she'd found a prize, you know, like she never really believed she never really understood. And uh, again, that's someone, you know, looking to use the power, you know, Grail, listen, it's, you know, whatever, movies. But um, looking to use the power of God mm-hmm. to accomplish their own purposes. Because even when she takes it, one, she's ignoring the warning that's given mm-hmm. by the night um, when Indy is still with his father. And she's like, it can be ours. Like, we can keep it. You know, she's almost looking like Gollum in the eyes mm, a little bit, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. It predates a lot of the cinematic stuff. With yeah. The, Lord of the Rings, but honestly, go back and look at it. She's got that really obsessed, crazy look mm. in her eyes, and mm. he's like, you know, you can't do that. And and I mean, favorite scene of the movie mm. is the exchange of Elsa and then Indy trying to get the trying to get the Grail. Yeah, um, yeah. And I had to take a deep breath because that one just uh, it still it still gets me no matter how old I get because. It's in those moments like, you know, she's obviously reaching for for the very thing that Indy was always kind of looking for in the first half of all of his movies, almost, you mm-hmm. know, just like trying to obtain the artifact. You yeah. Know? And when I see it this time, you know, she obviously she she falls to her death because she can't he can't hold her and she won't listen to him uh, when he's warning her. But then he's falling and he's in the exact same situation. And it seems a little almost seems a little contrived because it just happened um but at the same time i in watching it more recently i feel like it's indy's last try mm-hmm. to do something that his dad will affirm for him mm. like you know here was the cross okay you didn't care for that look at how many nazis i can beat up <laughs> you, know, you don't care about that you know, I, I'd saved your life. And it's not that he wasn't ungrateful for that. Mm-hmm. Obviously he was, but he was just like, this was my dad's entire mm-hmm. life's passion. And I can give that to him. Mm-hmm. And for that moment to be met with, mm-hmm. um, Henry finally, <laughs> I don't want to be insensitive, but calling him, calling Indy by his preferred name yeah. for the first time in the movie mm-hmm. is an acceptance of not who, um, and you know, not who he was accepting Indy as he was, mm-hmm. and not who he was trying to impress upon him as mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and so when he says all that and just says, "Let it go," mm-hmm. like is is enough for Indy to actually hear it, yeah. you know, and snap him out like, "Yeah, let's go," and and I I would be remiss because like many times I watched it. I never caught this until the last few times, or at least it didn't feel as important as it does now, is that um, as they leave, you can see the night again, you know, and he gives a wave to Indy, 
and Henry stops this time. Mm-hmm. He's like, why does it say like, is that him? Like, uh, you know, like he didn't get to do the trial. Yeah. He didn't get to go. And now it's like this last gift to Henry mm-hmm. to get to see him. And Henry's like, and he's about to like grab him to go. And then he stops and realizes that he has an opportunity to have the moment that his entire life's passion has yeah. had. And he gives it to him for like three seconds, you know, because everything's yeah. coming down around them. Yeah. And to watch Indy, watch Henry watching mm. is, is really, it's so quick, but it's yeah. really, really cool. And, wow. and then he's just like, and he gets to return the favor. He's just like, dad, can we go? You know, mm. and he's like, okay. And that, that sort of, um, wow. Reflective moment. in those scenes are really, really cool. And that make the whole, I mean, make an already amazing movie for me. Like, mm. um, just so good. For, for me, I think yeah, my, my favorite scene is the scene where he's he's trying to reach for the grail. And like you said, it, it could almost seem like a little bit contrived since he just saw her yeah, do right. that. But um, I mean, to me, like I, I interpreted it as a mix of what you're talking about, like, you know, a, you know, his opportunity to impress his dad and get the thing that he's always been going for. But I also kind of and maybe this is lord of the rings retroactively mm-hmm. influencing me i don't i don't know i don't know if i had that had this opinion originally or not but th- that it would almost sort of be like th- that the grail in a way would almost be kind of like the one ring to mm-hmm. where it's got sort of a it draws you yeah. to it you know like it's 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 this um like obsession creating yeah sort of thing um and yeah, I, and and so yeah, that was such a you know such a touching moment for him to you know just have this like calm you know fatherly voice of of you know like you said calling him by his preferred name to get him to kind of snap out of it and and so much unspoken there in mm-hmm. him saying like this is what I've been after my whole life but you're more important than that yeah you know yeah so absolutely. Mm. Um, there's so, yeah. And that, that's such a, that's such a parable, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in that moment and to circle back, like the next, the next scene when they're all out there on their horses and you're, everybody's releasing, you know, their tension a little bit there. (laughs) Um, that is, I I love the way they just kind of close the story loop on Henry because the first time you hear him, um, when I mean he's chiding Indy for being you know insolent or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but he's drawing in the diary. He's making the diary in the beginning of the movie, and he says, "May he who illuminated this illuminate me." And um, mm. and he is evaluating the Grail's effect on everybody when they're out there on their horses, just waiting to leave. And he says, "You know, Elsa didn't understand. She thought she had a prize." She thought she'd found the prize. Hmm. And Indy says, well, what did you find, Dad? And he just stops for a second. And he says, illumination. You know, and he mm. he got the thing. You know, he achieved what he wanted to achieve. And I think wow. that illumination is not just, I, th- I think the illumination is what you're saying, Jared. It's like realizing that it wasn't the grail he was about to lose. It was something he loved more um, hmm. with, with his son. And that's... Uh, mm. Um, I don't know. So cool. Um, 
And then uh, my, my, uh, it's a great, you know, great, you could have ended the movie there if you wanted to, but, um, as they start to one by one run out with the, the Indiana Jones March playing, which is perfect. Um, there's just a one more little short Sean Connery dry humor line that cracks me up every time because, um, Tim brought up that line earlier when, when Indy was trying to deceive the Nazis into thinking Marcus was this, Mm -hmm. um, master, uh, you know, a spy who could hide anywhere and disappear into crowds. Mm -hmm. And later on when Indy and Marcus, Indy and Henry are talking about Marcus, um, he's like, can Marcus really? And he's like, are you kidding me? One time he got lost in his own museum. Um, (laughs) and so later on, uh, you know, they're all four lined up, Marcus and Sala and Indy and Henry. And uh, they're like, okay, guys, are you ready? You know? Um, and uh, Marcus is like, I'll go. I know the way. And he like charges off first and almost falls off the horse. And yeah. it just really looks terrible. And it just does a cut to a shot of just Indy and Henry sit- sitting there on their horses, both looking ahead. And Henry goes, got lost in his own museum, huh? He's like, yep. <laughs> and I was just a little back and forth. Oh, gosh. It's got lost in his own museum. Oh, man. And, you know, of course, they literally ride off into the sunset, mm-hmm. which um, I think just makes the existence of Crystal Skull even that more infuriating. Yeah. Like, it was just, it, it couldn't have been a more perfect end. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I think this is a, this and the existence of Crystal Skull is the perfect um, illustration of a satisfying conclusion to like you know the old i think it's like a magician saying or just a showman saying leave them wanting more Mm -hmm. you know like it's it's just leaving on the right high note moment um and of course taking way too long to circle back Mm -hmm. around to it as well um like maybe they could have done another one in 92 or 93 and it maybe still would have salvaged something but Mm -hmm. I, i didn't need it yeah. Uh, I mean, like this was, um, this is by far my, my favorite Indiana Jones film and, um, no short, no, just, just no, like, like we said about Raiders, just no wasted moments. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, everything has a purpose and, uh, drives the story forward and, mm-hmm. um, excellent performance, timeless performances by Connery, especially, um, and great stuff. He was also mm-hmm. for what it's worth nominated for a golden globe for, for uh henry for, for the role oh of henry. wow yeah um not sure who he who ended up winning that year but yeah i may look that up if you guys have any additional <laughs> thoughts well i just pretend that kingdom of the crystal skull doesn't really exist in the <laughs> canon and honestly like i i've just i've gotten that this is you know slightly off the topic topic of um the last crusade but in order to preserve the the legacy of the last crusade uh like you you see movies now that just go back and pretend that certain sequels mm-hmm. don't exist yeah uh, the halloween series has done that terminator has oh, done yeah. that mm-hmm. um and and a lot of times though then they don't end up making <laughs> <laughs> something that is then better than <laughs> the others that came before. Um, but you know, like if filmmakers can do that, like I, I think you can just basically 
determine in your own mind like what is canon and mm-hmm. what is not yeah. because there's always the future possibility that someone else is going to go back and you know say it isn't so yeah uh yeah for me it it, it ended with uh the last crusade yeah. mm-hmm. so uh connery did lose out to denzel washington for glory mm. the civil war drama which is acceptable yeah. denzel also went on to win the oscar for the sporting yeah. actor that year as well wow so mm. we'll, we'll, we'll let that one slide oh man but great great film guys mm-hmm. uh, also available on netflix even though john williams did not apparently win best score uh <laughs> for it he should have um who cares like can you even remember any of the music from the little mermaid don't answer that um and you know it's just uh just great all around not a weak spot in the in the bunch so mm-hmm. um really appreciate you guys joining us for um, everything that we uh, covered for Indiana Jones this month, and uh, who knows what we'll do to dece- something mm-hmm. in December? Probably something seasonal, yeah. I'm imagining. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe binge some Hallmark movies. You know, you know yeah. stuff that we would normally do. Oh yeah, you know, of course. Um, no, but uh, we look forward to joining you guys again next time. But uh, until this, till next time, keep working on your night cheese. You have chosen wisely. <laughs>